Welcome to Romance Your Tribe Radio with me, Janet Beckers, where every episode focuses on simple action steps you can do this week to grow your business online and bring joy to the work you do. Hello everybody, Janet Beckers here and it's great to welcome you today because we're going to be talking about a topic that every single business owner at some stage will wake up in the middle of the night thinking about and in fact it's something that is present all of the time and it is the one thing that can absolutely kill a business even if it is a multi multi-million dollar business it is the one thing that can kill a huge business and it can kill a startup so we're going to be talking about cash flow and it's also the one thing that a lot of people, as soon as you say that word, they'll go and hide and they don't want to talk about it. So I've got a really wonderful guest with me today who has a beautiful systematic way of being able to help you to take control over this and in a lovely, calm, methodical way so that you will have some action points that you can do straight away in your business this week. So wonderful to welcome you here, Patty. Thank you. I'm delighted to join you. Yeah. So Patty and I um, were introduced to each other through a beautiful friend of mine, Kathy Guggenau, who also has been a guest here on um, Romantia Tribe Radio well, in one of our episodes talking about virtual assistants and, and also about how she was able to sell tickets to a pajama party for up to $1,000 each. But um, so Kathy... Uh, when I was talking to Kathy, she said, you have got to meet Patty. I just absolutely love this woman. And I know that your subscribers, your listeners are absolutely going to love her too. So it's great to welcome you. Um, so Patty, I'm going to just hand over to you to talk about yourself. So you, can you share with us who it is that you serve and how is it that you do that? Yes. And thank you for the opportunity. So I work with women business owners in service companies. So I work with a lot of law firms, CPA firms that are woman owned and operated, lots of consulting firms. Um, They all offer a service. I have several in the elder care industry, which is booming. And the way I met Kathy, our mutual friend, is because I've expanded my company across the United States. And really have no geographic restrictions, so I can work with companies all over the world. And that was part of my goal, was I'm very passionate about especially helping women entrepreneurs Mm. and wanting to expand my reach. So I was introduced to Kathy as I expanded my company nationwide. I'm based in Houston, Texas, which if you ever get an opportunity to come visit Houston, it's a great city. It's the biggest small town in America and um, offers a lot of opportunity and a very warm, welcoming business community. Oh, that's a lovely, lovely way to put it. And, and as an aside for, um, for, for, for people who are listening or watching or reading, is even though today we're going to be talking about cash flow, I just wanted to point out something to you um, because the, one of the big ways that I help my clients to build their business is really focusing on relationships, really focusing on the relationships that are with your clients, with your potential clients, but also with people who are in your industry or people who you can see that can help you to be able to expand your reach and how to do that in a way that people really, really happily introduce you. And 
So Patty is a fantastic example of somebody who has done that really, really well because, you know, Patty was introduced to me by somebody who I know and we, and now I'm introducing her to you in a, in a way that I'm really, really happy to do. And that's all started because Patty very strategically decided that she was going to expand her business and she was going to focus geographic area by geographic area and actually systematically looked at relationships. So I want to, I want to congratulate Patty because she's done something in a really classy way in a very professional way that has opened up doors but also built relationships. And so I'd like you to watch what Patty's doing as well because here is an example of somebody who does the stuff that I'm really passionate about helping people do. She's done it really, really well. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that, Patty. So, um, so today, today when, um, when I was talking to Patty about all the different things that she does to help people, we were talking about what were the big things that really impacted the people who I worked with. And especially because you work with service-based businesses and primarily, you know, I primarily work with women is that cash flow. A lot of times people will just ignore it because it's just, you know what? Um, it's, it scares me or, you know, and we, and it's not uncommon to have that, up and down. So we thought what we would talk about today is why why do you get into the problems with the cash flow? And why, you know, what how do you know that you've got a problem coming up that can actually wipe your whole business out or at the very least stop you sleeping at night. So we're going to look at those things and then importantly we're going to spend the bulk of our time today talking about the stuff that you can take control of. So we're going to look at the three core areas that you need to focus on in order to be able to sleep at night. And, and I've asked Patty to leave us with some really good action points that you can do this week. So our intention at the end of today is that you are just going to crack out that whip baby. You are going to take control of these finances. Your, your cash uh, flow is going to be something that you are calm and happy and proud of rather than it being that awful stressor that sits there at the back of your mind all the time. So let's get stuck into it, Patty. Wonderful. <laughs> and thank you for the shout out about how I've expanded my business. I will tell you, it's been the best business decision I've made. Right. And having having several different strategies that I'm putting into place. It is fun and interesting and I'm meeting the most wonderful people, including that's you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So to all of my clients that um, I'm, I'm teaching these techniques to you, see it works. <laughs> it definitely works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let's get, let's get started in with yes. why the cash flow. So it, over to you, Patty, about talking about, let's first of all just work out why is this a problem and how do people recognize if they actually do have a problem or not okay I'm gonna start with uh, making a distinction between cash flow and being profitable yeah those are right. two different things and one of the problems is when you are working with an accountant which is very necessary because you want to be in compliance but the problem is that they have their own language and a lot of times business owners don't necessarily understand what their accountants are telling them. Or if they do, they might not know what questions to ask. So sometimes I serve as a kind of interpreter for my clients. So let me make that distinction. 
Yep. Being profitable means that you have money at the end of every week or the end of every month that you can reinvest in your company or you could pay yourself or you could hire another person or you could buy a new computer. That's profitable, uh, yeah. right? But cash flow is different. You mentioned, Janet, the ups and downs. Mm. Well, that's why we use the word flow because cash flows in and out of your business. Yeah. And when I meet with a new client and I ask them what their priorities are, when I work with a client, it's a very holistic view, meaning I'm helping them with financial strategies and implementation around pricing, around cash flow, talking to their accountant. I'm also helping them with all the different aspects of operations mm -hmm. from building the, their hiring and staffing model, uh, use of technology, all the different pieces of that, and then strategic planning and business development and sales. Right. And, and I've developed a series of tools designed for women that I teach them how to go through the business development process and actually close the sale. So the, when I ask a new client what their top priorities are, no one ever says cash flow. Right. Because we don't think that way. Right. And it's, if you don't have a good handle on your cash flow, there are a host of problems that come into play. Yeah. Uh, including emotional stress. Mm. But cash flow, what makes it so distinct is that it's about timing. So even if you have money in the bank, but you don't have money before the week before you need to make payroll, that's a cash flow problem. It's not necessarily a money or a profitability problem. It's a timing problem. Right. That is a great distinction. And you know what? I just, I can't believe when you've said, Patty, that when you ask people what their top problems are, that they don't mention cash flow. It's, right. um, it's my number one obsession when I talk, you know, money in my business is, is the cash flow and the timing. How fascinating is that? Yes. And I will tell you that that was surprising to me. I started this company in 2006 and I really expected that people would be asking for help with their cash flow. And it is an expertise that I have. So I was really excited about that. Yeah. And then nobody is, considers that a top priority. Wow. But in my view, that's the difference between a hobby and a business. Absolutely. A yes. hobby, you don't worry about cash flow. Right. You do. There you and go. So, Isn't that interesting? So let me share with you a story of a, um, a client of mine who had been in corporate America for 22 years and was now coming out and starting a business. And it's become a global consulting business right. in the oil and gas industry. And one of our meetings, she was, you know, starting a business can be very overwhelming. Mm. And I think that was part of what she was feeling. And so she asked me, at the beginning of our meeting, when can I stop worrying about money? I said, it is your job to worry about money. It is our jobs as business owners to worry about money and to be knowledgeable and to know what to look for, what are the warning signs, what are some of the things that get in our way, and then how do you deal with those things? 
And mm. what I have found is the more I teach my clients how to handle their cash differently, the more relaxed they are, the more confident, and the more they can focus on other areas. You know what? That is, I love that line of as business owners, it is our job to worry about money um, or if not worry about money, to be obsessed about money and be, and to really take that responsibility that that's what it is as the business owner. Uh, I love that. That is a, that's a quotable quote, that one. It is our job because I know once I came to that reality that, you know, what, what I thought I might have been doing was um, delegating, but actually what I was doing was abdicating um, the worry and the responsibility of the money that once I realized, you know what, actually, this is my job. I'm overseeing this. All of a sudden, my um, it's, it's empowering. It's actually empowering to actually accept that responsibility and make it your obsession. So thank you. Thank you for saying that line. Yeah, I hope that well, that's resonated with a few people here who are watching. Good. And I do mean that in the most positive sense. Mm. That is mm. our job is to worry about money. The... Once you become very knowledgeable and get a good handle on what I call the cash cycle, yeah. it really does become easier. So let's talk for a minute about things that get in the way. So you mentioned fear. Yeah. That's a big one. Mm. That if So if you grew up and in school you were told that numbers aren't your thing and you're not very good in math or... Um, you, maybe you don't understand all the language, the jargon around accounting. Yeah. That can be very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. And really what we're talking about are the dollars coming in and the dollars going out and the timing of that. And that is your cash cycle. Mm. So some of the things that get in the way is, is the owner's fear of learning, dealing with that, and trying to get a handle on it. But there are other issues that get in the way too. Sometimes we get so busy and we yeah. tend to gravitate to where we're comfortable. Mm. So if you're really comfortable with marketing and sales, you'd much rather spend your time there. Absolutely. Yeah. Than figuring out your cash cycle. Mm. And so sometimes it's very helpful to have an advisor or an accountant or someone who can help you figure out the ins and outs of the money, the timing of that, and how you can change it. And I'm going to share with you today some tips on things you could change today. Excellent. Excellent. And you know what? They, I could resonate with both of those. Um, and especially the one that you've got to do with when you get busy, that this can be the thing that you tend to ignore and you can't do it. That's when it comes back and bites you on the bum. And um, so it'll be really interesting to talk to hear your tips because I recognized that a while ago that that was something that um, ha had a real risk of happening. And so I did exactly what you've um, said. And I, I, I've got Bazaar the bookkeeper 
who is actually acts as my CFO, my chief financial officer. So he's more than a bookkeeper. So he manages all my cash flow, um, all of, we have our meetings and where he really asks me the hard questions. And because it's so important that you need somebody there that's going to be keeping an eye on it. Um, Right. So, yeah, yeah. And I thank, thank the world for Bazaar every day. So, well, let's do that. Let's go into what people can be doing. There's, there's really good tips that people can be focusing on to, so that you too are in control, baby. So over to you, Patty. Wonderful. So let me share with you um, one of my clients. We'll call her Sally. Yeah. When we started working together, she did not think, she didn't even know what a cash flow issue was. She was, she had some of the warning signs. She was struggling to pay some of her bills. She was losing sleep over payroll. She had about eight employees and they were paid every two weeks. So you could tell the interruption to her sleep cycle based on when payroll was due. Right. And it wasn't that she didn't have the cash but she sure did worry about that. So there were a lot of early warning signs and those are some of the things that I could point out to her to Mm -hmm. say, these are the red flags that are saying to me, we need to analyze this and fix this. So for example, uh, one of the things that you can do when you know what your cash cycle is and you are a profitable company, you get to reinvest in your company. And you can make informed decisions like hiring an additional person Mm. or buying that computer that you've been eyeing or um, figuring out the strategic ways you want your company to grow. So she had some red flags like sometimes struggling to pay bills and delaying them, which would then hurt her relationships with her vendors. Yeah. Things like worrying so much and losing sleep over making payroll. She was embarrassed to admit that she didn't understand that cycle and why the money wasn't there when she needed it. Mm. She couldn't borrow funds. The banks wouldn't lend to her because her credit rating wasn't that great and because she struggled with having money in the bank. So there were a lot of warning signs that I could identify. At that point, we started talking about, so what happens if you ignore this? Because there are always consequences Mm. from the decisions you make and the decisions you choose not to make. And of course, not making a decision is making a decision. Making a decision, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So that is what I see most commonly is people avoid the issue. Yeah, they're afraid, they're intimidated, they're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And so they choose to avoid it. So when we think about what happens with the, if you ignore the warning signs, you have unsteady revenue, you have a tremendous amount of emotional stress. Mm. And it keeps you from being able to focus on really positive aspects of your business, like growing it, or in my case, expanding it. Um, You know, I had to be in a very, and am in a very solid position to be able to focus my attention in other cities, other jurisdictions, and and with a broader range of, uh, of my audience. 
Mm. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, so, you know, the thing that you've said, Patty, the example that you gave of your, uh, your client is you would go, oh, well, you know, if she's not, you know, she's having that problem where she's getting the stress around the, you know, coming up to um, time, you know, every fortnight when she's got to pay her salaries, you would go, oh, well, she's actually not running the business that well. She's not that switched on. But the reality is this is a woman who, who has a business that is profitable enough that she pays eight employees. Yes. So that is a good business. That's a well-run business if she is still paying those employees. So she must be getting good revenue coming through and she's got people who are staying with her. And so it's a good, growing, positive business. So it just goes to show that even if you're looking at something like that and going, well, you know, this is somebody who's switched on. They've really got their act together with, you know, with, with their business that there is still this huge risk and that incredible stress. So it was a really great example to give because it's demonstrating that if you're not managing your cash flow, you're having problems with it. It's not necessarily a reflection that you are not a good business person. It just means that this is an area that you haven't identified that you need some procedures around that. That is an excellent point and spot on. And this is a company that's been in business for about eight years. Right. They're very successful. They've got money coming in. Again, it's not a dollar problem. It's a timing mm. problem. Mm. Mm. And it's fixable. Right. So, so you're absolutely right. She's a very savvy, smart businesswoman, but she's also very, very busy. Mm. And finds it hard to focus on the cash flow and the, the financial reports and the bookkeeping because it doesn't interest her as much yeah, I get as the, the fun part of the business, which yeah. is providing the service and bringing in new clients. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So shall we look at um, what, we can, what, what we could do about that? Um, or is there something yeah. else you wanted to cover first? No, let me share with you, there are three main areas yep. that I focus on first when I'm looking at the financial piece of, of any company. Yep. I always start by looking at the pricing because that's the linchpin of everything. And what I find as women, we tend to undervalue ourselves yeah. and we underprice. And it's universal. Mm -hmm. I've never met a woman business owner that I think is pricing appropriately. Really? So, that is the first oh, thing. Yes, it's the first thing I do. Yeah, is uh, we start with looking at we do an analysis of their pricing. We uh, what I find is that there often is no rationale. They have a sense of what they think the market can bear, which is never it doesn't even make sense to me because no one knows what the market can bear mm. or even what the market is for that matter. And now we live in such a global community that it's different in different areas of the world. So I happen to live in the United States, in Texas. Our economy is booming in this particular state. In other states in the country, it's not as, as vibrant as it is here in Texas, right. largely because of the oil and gas industry here. But, um, so pricing is a, a linchpin for everything. The other thing that we spend quite a bit of time working on is the cash flow model, the analysis of that, so that we can get a good handle, understand their cash cycle, and they can start to anticipate. So, with, so I'll give you an example. With service yeah. companies, 
a lot of service companies have cycles according to the time of year. So here in the United States, after November and December, because we have Thanksgiving and Christmas close together, because of that, the first quarter of every new year is often low in sales for a service company. Right. Because people are spending their money on things. Um, well, they've already entertainment. Yes, they've already spent their money in the fall. And so come the spring, they're less likely to invest in services. Right. Then it picks up. And then we see another dip often in the summer because families are traveling and the kids are out of school. Mm. So it's, it's specific to the United States and to our school system and to our holidays. And but it's a pattern and a trend. And we can start to anticipate that. Yeah. And you can plan your cash so that you are taking into account your tax liabilities at the same time as you're planning for a potential low spot in your cash. And actually that's that's the one that actually comes up and bites people a lot is the tax. In Australia, we have every uh, every quarter we have to pay our, that's what's called our, our BAS. So it's our, you know, it's how... Businesses collect tax for the government, basically. And that can be a surprise for a lot of people because they haven't really taken into account that they might have to pay out a few thousand dollars um, if they have spent less that month than they have actually earned. And so that's another cycle thing. Um, and just when you were talking about those cycles, I was, I was also thinking about, because um, we have service-based industries and we also have a lot of the people who I, that I work with because they will have an online uh, business model, they might be using different ways of being marketing that. So one of them may be using a launch model and which will mean that you may do a lot of lead up to doing a launch, which means that it's very difficult for you um, to also be selling a lot because you might be focused on, you know, preparation, getting everything ready for marketing. So there can be a dip and then there can be hopefully this beautiful chunk of money that will come through from having done the launch and a lot of people will be on a payment plan for that and it's, so it's very easy for people after they've had a launch and brought in a lump sum of money to kind of relax and go oh, I've got so much cash this is just fantastic but the reality is that it's only going to last you for a certain amount of time and the people who are on payment plans it may finish in four months, six months. Um, so I do see that that can be a really big problem for people that may have an incredibly successful launch, but their business can get in a lot of trouble um, six months down the track. Um, That's right. Because of that, yeah. That's right. Well, and in the United States, one of the issues we have is that a lot of accountants recommend to their clients that they use up their cash before the end of the year because it lowers their tax liability. Right. And that's, that's because of the corporate structure and the way most of the companies here are organized. Mm. That is a very good tax strategy, but it is not a very good strategy when you go into the first quarter of the year with no money. Yeah. And then you have a dip in sales. Yeah, good point. So there has to be a balance Yeah. of having some safety net, whether it's a line of credit or whether it's money on which you're going to pay tax, but you only pay it once, and then you keep that as your nest egg. So there are many different ways that you can have a safety net 
but you must have a safety net. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call. And so that was number two. We've so the number one was pricing. Pricing. Yep. Number one was pricing. The second one is looking at the seasons and uh, the cycle that you have within your your distinct business. So what's number three? Correct. Profitability. Right. And so, as we mentioned at the beginning, profitability is about the money that you have left at the end of every month after you've paid your bills. Right. And that's money that you can choose to keep in your business. You can choose to invest it in your business. You can choose to take it for yourself. So you have choices. And if you are not a profitable company, you have no choices. Yeah. And again, this is about balance about how, what you expect from your company, what you, your goals are, what you want to achieve with what you're doing. And for everyone in business, part of our goal is to make money. It's certainly mm-hmm. not the only goal. Yeah. But we want to make money. We want to be self-sufficient. We want to be able to grow our companies in the way that's meaningful for us. And in many cases, we want to hire staff to help us. And so being profitable allows you to do that. And it's, that's about managing your money. And again, goes back to pricing. If you're not charging enough, Mm. you're not going to be profitable. And so to give you an example, I worked with a company that had about $16 million in annual sales and they broke, they broke even. They were not a profitable company. Wow. And that's a lot of money in sales. And yet, that's what they were spending every year as well. Wow. So they were a break-even company. So you have to add, well, I have to ask the question, what's the point? Absolutely. Why are you working so hard if there's no profit to show for that? Yeah. You know what? That brings back to a, a quote that I've actually, for a good year or so, I actually had it written on my computer. It was a girlfriend of mine that um, had told it to me, which was revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. And oh, that's a good one. It's, I just live by that one because a lot of times people will be going, I'm going to have a million dollar business. And I go, well, that, make, that means nothing if it's a million-dollar revenue. How yes. much of that is actually going to be going into your pocket so you can have your lifestyle? Because you can have a business that has a much lower revenue, but you can be having a much higher um, take-home that you can actually get to use to fund the lifestyle that you want. So exactly. that's a great example, $16 million and just breaking even. Right. Ouch. Yes. So let me um, let me give you some strategies. Yeah, great. That you can use. You could start using today. Excellent. There are three keys. Once you recognize and understand your cash cycle, and you recognize any red flags there might be or things that are causing problems. Once you do that, there are three things you can do that will improve your cash flow. The first is collect money that's owed to you as fast as possible. Yes. Great one. It seems like common sense, right? I mean, it is common sense. And yet, I cannot tell you how many companies do not have a collections process. Oh, look. They send out invoices, right? They send out invoices, but they don't have a collections process. So they just kind of 
it's on a wing and a prayer. They hope they get paid. Absolutely. And even not even sending out the invoices of my graphic designer, who I absolutely yeah. adore, a very small, small business. It's, it's, you know, and as soon as, I, you know, if it's a small business, we pay them as quickly as we can. Right. Um, but she can take months to invoice me for work. I know she's doing it for all of her clients. And um, yeah, so, and I, you know, I will actually message her going, invoice me. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So, Getting on an invoicing schedule, making sure your invoices are accurate, that they're mm -hmm. sent to the right place, the right email address, or if you're mailing them. So because, of course, the people who owe you money are want to take as long as possible because that's good for their cash flow. Absolutely. Yeah. So you need to be serious about sending invoices and about expecting payment when, you, when you've told them you expect it. Mm -hmm. And then having a collections process. So one of my clients, we started Collections Monday. And my feeling was she needed to put some structure around it so it was scheduled. And right. so, and I will say that, that when the owner of the company contacts uh, a client, they sit up and take notice. Yeah. So it's okay if you delegate it to a bookkeeper or a CFO or someone else in your company, but they may not get action as quickly as you will if the owner of the company contacts the client. Yeah. So that's something to think about because the goal is to get paid on time as quickly as you can in full. Yeah. So make sure your invoices are accurate, sent to the right person, and sent immediately. Yeah. And then... Good. So we did collections Monday, and every Monday she would print a report of who owed her money, and she would start sending emails, very friendly, very proactive emails. She didn't wait until the money was due. We started 10 days after the invoice was sent, and then we did it 20 days and 30 days. Well, after a couple months of doing that, we didn't have to make any calls 30 days later. Right. Keep, what you're doing is you're training your clients to pay you and that you're paying attention. Yeah. That's honestly, that can be the one thing that can make a huge difference for a lot of businesses. I, I know it from right. just being on the other end of the person that's going, well, I haven't invoiced me. <laughs> we can wait. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's a brilliant, brilliant one. So that is something that you could put into place today and you might call it Collections Monday. The reason we chose Monday is because we wanted to start the week with that in mind. So that was top of mind. I love and it. it's also a good way to catch your clients at the beginning of a week when they're fresh from the weekend and they're ready to refocus. Yeah. If you call somebody Friday afternoon, chances are they're not going to take action. Yeah, that's a really good point. And can I just change it to, I, I love I love alliteration. So yes. um, can we make it for everybody that's here, I want you to let us know, let, let um, Patty and I know, um, are you having money Mondays? That's what I want. We're going to have money Mondays. I like the idea of that. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. <laughs> that's great. So the second key yep. is to pay money to your vendors as slowly as possible without damaging your relationships. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've seen many companies that pay bills the day they come in. Yeah. And while I understand the, the idea behind it, that is not to your benefit. 
Mm. And the reason is because just like you have a priority for your business goals, for the projects you're working on, there's always a priority to things. There's going to be a priority to what needs to be paid first. For example, you will always pay your employees and your contractors first. Always. Because you don't want to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So keep that in mind. So if you pay bills that come in and pay them the same day, you might not have money left for payroll. Mm. So you need to prioritize your expenses and determine when to pay your bills. Yeah. Now I'm not, and I'm not implying that you pay them late, but pay them on a schedule. Yeah. That's, that's a really good, that's a, a great point. And that's what I get, uh, Bazaar the bookkeeper does that for me. And a lot of times I'll be going, Barry, it's getting close to the line. <laughs> He's going, no, that's okay. This is, you know, this is the priority. This one gets done first. This one gets, gets done next. Exactly. And a lot of women will want to pay people really, really quickly. They will feel really terrible about the thought that they, um, and they will take pride in how fast that they can pay people. But exactly as you're saying, Patty, as a business owner, that can actually be really irresponsible. Yeah. And so that's the, uh, the third one. What is the third one? The third one is about your use of cash. So you want to be very wise and conservative in using your cash So in some ways, you're already doing that because you're collecting it quickly and you're spending it slowly, but you have to determine what's a need to have and what's a want to have. Mm. So if you need to have freelancers or designers or video editors, then you need to prioritize the expense of that and fit it into a cash flow analysis. And that's actually a tool that I use with my clients that I developed to help them monitor their cash. So then when they say to me, I'd really like to hire an additional person, we estimate the salary and I can plug it in to the analysis so we can see not only how that affects cash at the beginning, but over time. Can you really afford to do that? That's a really handy tool. Or what if you need to replace your computer, your monitors, or you need to get a laptop, or you want to set up a video studio, which is something that I did uh, almost two years ago. Right. That, again, I wanted to invest in that, and it's a priority as I was expanding my company. So it was plugging that expense in to see how it would affect cash. Mm. So then you could make very wise decisions in how you're using your cash. That's brilliant. You know, and I think, um, again, this is, the, this is the one thing that I get uh, when I first started working with my CFO. I call him my CFO because he's so much more than Bazaar the bookkeeper, um, is I needed to have some kind of tool so that I could see at a glance and I could just look across in the forecast and go, oh, red, oh, black. Yes. Okay, I've got to make, I've got to, I've got to make some sales at in this particular point. Um, and so it's, it then becomes back to your responsibility as the business owner, doesn't it? That if you know that cash flow, you know that forecast, you can have a look and go, I better do something about some kind of promotional event in six weeks' time, you know, um, which is powerful yeah. rather than, oh, you know, what season is it? Yeah. You know, that's an excellent point. And the other thing I'll mention is, what if an employee comes to you and asks for a raise? Right. You'll want to give them a raise. They're doing a good job and maybe they deserve a raise, mm. but you don't know if you can afford it. 
Yeah. Right? So that's a scenario that's actually very common where then you feel caught off guard. And part of having, understanding the cash cycle and having a good handle on this cash in and out, it gives you confidence and allows you to make good decisions without playing the guessing game. Yeah, that's brilliant. So it's really a very important aspect that you really can take action and get good results right away. Yeah. That's just, it has been so useful. It's it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like you would think when it comes to like cash flow accounting that that's a really dry subject, but I get so excited talking about this stuff because even though I am, I am never going to be the person who is is the person doing the bookkeeping because I, absolutely hate doing any of that number crunching stuff, but I love the numbers. So was the first person that I ever contracted in my business before we even started making money was a bookkeeper to enter everything in. So I knew how much I was losing. So I could know when I had broken even and I knew when the money was coming in. It's really empowering. It's exciting. So um, we've got to the end of our time. So I just, those last three points that really, when it comes down to action, and this is what I want to challenge Everybody here that is listening, watching, reading, however you are here, is those, those three points, which were number one was you send out your invoices and have a collection process. So I'm challenging you to have a Money Monday or a Collections Monday, but a Money Monday, I like the idea of that one, um, and make it so that you have that focus and that you're contacting people before things are even due and do not let them go over. And you can do that in a really kind, respectful way. Number two that you had there was the opposite side of it is don't be one of those people that prides yourself on how quickly you pay people. That's what you do for your girlfriends, that you pay them really fast. But when it's in business, it's irresponsible. So that was a really good point for you to bring up. So make sure that you're paying scheduling wisely. Don't say, don't make people chase you up, but just doing it wisely. And then that third one about just spending wisely as well. Don't just see all the money in the bank and go, woohoo, staff party. Um, that, you know, just spending it wisely and in an informed way is incredibly empowering. If you, if you can do those three things, that would be fantastic. And even better if you can come and share with us because one of the best um, – thank yous that you can give Patty and I for spending our time and and sharing this with you is to give us some feedback. So to, you know, come either leave a comment on the blog post, send us an email, just tell us what one change that you have made as a result of what Patty shared with you today is incredibly rewarding for both of us. Um, so for you, Patty, how can people get in contact with you um, and in any way that you can help them further? You bet. And I'm always happy to meet new people and to visit with folks, certainly with business owners. So my website is theblockgroup.net. And uh, that's probably the best way to reach me is theblockgroup.net. And there are many, many free resources on my website. Uh, You can also contact me through LinkedIn. And it's Patty with a Y. So Patty Block with a Y. Yep. Um, And... There is a, a downloadable ebook that is free that's on my website, and you're welcome to do that. And that also subscribes you to my newsletter list. So there are all kinds of free resources. I have a pretty robust blog, and I welcome you to use all of those resources. That's what they're there for. 
That's brilliant. And so the ebook, Patty, what's 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 that focus for people? So that um, when I'm working with a company, I look at three main areas, which is finance, operations, and planning. And the ebook takes each phase of that and it helps you analyze what's working in your company and what might not be. Oh, brilliant. Some, some of the early warning signs, some of the ways that you can address issues that you may have realized are becoming problems. Yep. And um, it provides a framework so that you can understand the sources of stress in your business. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that sounds like a really good resource. So we'll put some links to that um, on the blog post page where this podcast is. So if you're over listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening, just come over to romanceyourtribe.com and you it should have a link there anyway to this post. And I'll have links there for you to... Um, you know, to be able to go and get that from Patty. And I'll also put a few summary points and some sort of action challenges for you on that post as well so that you can go and take some action. So thank you so much for your time today, Patty. I really, you know, I, you can tell that Patty is good at what she does because it hasn't just been a beautiful, very systematic um, interview where you've given really good value in a very systematic way. I can tell that's the way that you do, that you also work with your clients. It's beautiful. So thank you so much for your time today and thank you everybody for listening and please, um, the best thing that you can do for us is take action this week. So that's my challenge to you, baby. Okay, bye everybody. Thank you. It's Janet here. Thanks for joining me on Romance Your Tribe Radio. Hey, you heard our voices today, but do you want to see what we really look like? You can see the video version of this episode over at romanceyourtribe.com and grab the show notes while you're there. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you show the love and leave an honest review on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. I'll see you on the next episode.